Welcome back to another episode of Elite Medical School. We're pleased to join you today with Dr. C and Dr. I. What's up, boys? How, is, how have you been? How, have, how has your week been? Are you feeling energetic? I'm Not feeling... at all, man. What? Dude, it's the lockdowns, man. You got to keep your, your spirits up while you're in the trenches. True. The COVID trenches. True. What have you been using to cope or doing to cope? I've been doing, uh, well, it's been being such a COVID warrior. It's been very stressful for me. Mm. And, uh, but uh, I've been doing a little bit of uh, therapeutic ketamine to keep my mood worth wonders. Yeah, I'm sure your PHQ-9 is looking fabulous right now. Let's just get on with it right into the topic of the day, which is pain associated with the knee. Uh, as always, dysfunction. Uh, so let's, uh, as usual, start with a case. Uh, so we're going to have a uh, middle-aged woman come in. Um, oh, actually. What about, uh, what about Peter Griffin? And he's just, he's spilled over on it, on his lawn and he's holding his knee and he's going, ah, ah, after he's was kicked by the chicken. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to throw a wrench in things, but I thought that that would be an apt patient presentation. Oh yeah, um, I was I was personally thinking of uh, the listener's mother after she stayed uh, for detention uh, after after one of our lessons, and, and uh, you know we like <laughs> ran a bit of a train on her, and now she's been having some knee issues. But Peter Griffin works too. <laughs> yeah. So what possibly? So he's in severe pain. He's so this is an obese gentleman in his mid thirties. Um, he he was wrestling with a chicken and all of a sudden he heard a loud pop uh, and he reports that he felt as though his knee gave way and he's been unable to weight bear since the accident. He comes to your clinic. He has significant swelling involving the knee and he's in a fair amount of pain. Um, so what what's our approach here? Primarily, we're thinking about um, uh, ligament injuries. At least that's what that's what kind of pops up in my mind. Usually, no oh, there was no pun intended there. I just wanted to highlight that. So, uh, usually, uh, in, in our differentiation between the ACL and PCL in terms of um, the the mechanism that resulted in the injury, uh, with an ACL, we're thinking uh, more about sudden deceleration or the hyperextension and internal rotation uh, of the tibia and femur are otherwise known as the plant and turn. Um, you know, you'll you'll hear that quite a bit, and uh, those that are very athletic, you know, playing sports, uh, things like soccer, uh, they plant their foot down and, and twist, or with snowboarding and skiing, where where you have that rotation. Um, and then with the PCL, we're in our uh, uh, history, we're going to be asking about any sudden uh, posterior displacement of the tibia with a flex knee uh, or um, when it's hyperextended. Uh, so the typical mechanism that we think of uh, in that context is if somebody is in a, in a motor vehicle accident and they have their legs up on the dashboard and that uh, hyperextension results in the tear. Right. And then in terms of the, the, the physical exam, 
So what on the physical exam, you know, we sounds like we have a history uh, or a uh, an idea behind what the trauma was, but is there something that we're uh, really concerned about? You know, like an emergency situation uh, that we have to take care of right now. Basically, the the red flag symptoms that we would be looking out for mm-hmm. right now. Well, one important, especially with with uh, ACL or PCL tear, one important. Uh, urgent issue that needs to be ruled out would be popliteal vessel uh, rupture, such as popliteal artery rupture. Um, and that can cause a very serious uh, hemarthrosis. And in some cases with, with uh, persistent bleeding, act- actually hemodynamic change, uh, but that would be less common. Uh, but that's, that's serious, serious business. So that's one item. Um, in terms of... Um, um, other just, you know, uh, and this isn't with regard to this case specifically, but just bear in mind your differential of septic arthritis with all presentations related to knee, whether it's, um, uh, you know, a, a more subacute or chronic issue with an arthritis or an arthritis-like uh, presentation. And we'll talk about some of these more subacute presentations later. Um, but just bear in mind septic arthritis. You can't miss it. And it's if, if the story fits that, there's fever, there's a lot of heat involving the knee. Always think about uh, joint aspiration to rule out that uh, entity. Uh, so again, we kind of have an idea as to uh, what could be, um, like what caused the pain. It was a giant chicken. Um, but... Uh, a couple more things you'll want to ask about, uh, kind of like the sacred seven with, with knee pain. And one thing that I want to point out in particular is the chronicity of this pain. If this, so it sounds like this is an older gentleman, overweight. He may have had at this point some chronic pain to begin with, uh, that, that he had maybe been reporting over the last few years, which would be, pushing you more towards something like a degenerative arthritis, osteoarthritis. Just with the arthritis history, you know, you can have uh, uh, acute on chronic uh, um, exacerbation of this uh, arthritis as well. So often things like trauma, like a fall, uh, a kick to the shin uh, might result in some additional uh, pain on top of the pain that's already there. A couple other things would be asking about pain exacerbation uh, going up the stairs versus down the stairs. Uh, If there's pain on uh, descending the stairs, then we're more likely to be thinking about patellofemoral joint pain. And I think uh, whether it's septic arthritis or or not, um, you will want to assess uh, the kind of the area of the swelling and um, what they've tried for the for the pain so far, whether they've had any success with uh, anti-inflammatory agents. Now, right, yeah, yeah. Anything, uh, anything to add there on the history? So I think that that's a good. Uh, so we're, we're, we talked about this uh, gentleman's encounter with a chicken and and his presentation specifically with the popping bear in mind acl pcl also the lateral um, ligaments uh, both medial and lateral uh, uh, collateral ligament uh, both of those are susceptible uh, to tear as well uh, and can present with with popping Um, and then even things like meniscal tear so the for for exam purposes 
pop is suggestive of um, uh, a popping is uh, and knee uh, laxity. That is the sensation that uh, knee is giving way uh, associated with a pop is uh, ACL tear until proven otherwise for exam purposes. But just bear in mind that uh, it's a little less specific than perhaps we're we're leading on. Right. So, uh, so uh, actually, uh, on that note, uh, I wanted hmm. to uh, to ask Doctor C. Uh, I know you might have had some of these symptoms in the past, which is part of why I suggested this topic. Would you be comfortable in sharing some of the mechanical symptoms you might have had uh, with your previous injury? Oh, um, yeah. Well, so uh, acutely. Well, you tore your banjo string, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe that was Doctor I. I'm guilty yeah. as charged. It's shredded, man. <laughs> there was a popping sensation. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Huh? Yeah, that well, wasn't you. That wasn't you busting either. I didn't mean to interrupt, Doctor C. Please proceed. <laughs> uh, well, acutely, the the knee there was a loud popping sound, and the knee just swelled up, uh, very very quickly. Um, and uh, the the extension was limited, so I I could not extend it all the way, and I could not bend it all the way. And uh, it felt like uh, when I was walking, it felt uh, very unstable. Like the 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 joint was like wobbling almost. Mm. Um, but mm. that that only lasted a couple days, and then over the next couple weeks, it kind of uh, the swelling kind of solidified, and then it was really like a kind of a rigid bent knee that was that couldn't really extend very well. And wait, what did you have an ACL tear or what was that? I had two ACL tears. You tore both of them and then bilateral. (laughs) (laughs) Not not bilateral. (laughs) (laughs) I got (laughs) so two, like it was a partial tear then. Uh, it was a a tear. I got surgery and then I tore it again and I got surgery again. Oh, shit. and then I probably tore it again, but it never went back. Did you get a cadaveric? Did you get like a dead person's uh, tissue or not? The second time it was a cadaver. That's sick, dude. The first you time it was, my, it was my hamstring. First time it was my hamstring, and then that just went to waste. So I wish I got two cadavers, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I knew it, dude. If you tear it again, I will gladly donate my banjo string or what's left of it. <laughs> It's so strong. Well, that was the it's, surgeon, it's, a, it's a str- it's pure cartilage. The surgeon, the, yeah, the surgeon was telling me that that it's like the gold standard. Like the hamstring is kind of newer. <laughs> the gold standard is is the it's patellar tendon replacement. But that the the holy grail, the holy grail of ACL replacements, it's far too expensive, and there's not enough. Uh, there's not enough of them. But the but the banjo string is cadaveric uh, banjo sure. string. Well, yeah, I actually had a classmate in med school. Well, and, and actually, it's it's better if it's uh from a. That's the a thing; fresh. it can't be, it can't be cadaveric. It has to be a, a live person. Anyhow, uh, moving on here. So, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. C, that you suffered um, that injury. Um, but uh, again, uh, being the standardized patient for most of our presentation, you really characterized a classic presentation there um, yeah and my left knee my left knee i also have a genu recurvatum in my, in my left knee. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so there's that as well which uh 
now is that that's knock knees, right? Is that genu recurvatum? It's uh, instead of the knee bending backwards, it bends forwards. Mm-hmm. Well, you're quite a specimen. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so a couple things I guess to mention there: the instability that Doctor C mentioned. If you see that in any question stem, that's a strong uh, indicator for ligament involvement. I, I would. I would almost immediately head there. And if a patient uh, in a clinical situation is talking about um, kind of their leg giving out uh, when they're walking, then you'll want to characterize that a little bit further. Because while it could be another clue to a ligament injury, uh, it could also be, it could be muscle weakness. It could be um, uh, that the knee is giving out due to uh, excessive pain. Um, so really, really uh, uh, dig deep uh, as to what giving out means. Right. And if there's any uncertainty in the, uh, especially the subacute setting, what is our imaging modality of choice? MRI. MRI, yeah. I mean, you know, in, in urgent care, there are, there are some folks uh, that are especially uh, talented with ultrasound. Uh, who can visualize uh, tears, especially uh, and other knee pathologies. So, for example, you know, popliteal cysts, um, uh, especially collateral ligament tear can, can be um, well visualized. But the gold standard for most knee pathology is going to be um, MRI. So, so that's um, useful. I think, I suppose we can, we can, Finish with um, um, the the patient presentation, and then just review different uh, uh, knee presentations. I think that's probably the highest yield thing to do. So, anything further regarding this gentleman's right now uh, yet diagnosed likely uh, ligamentous uh, tear? Um, any other, so we talked about red flags, including mm-hmm. vessel rupture. Uh, differential red flags, including uh, infection, um, acute management. So immobilizing, remember there's fractures that can pre- uh, present this way as well. Um, so immobilizing, and and by the way, there can be um, um, avulsion fracture uh, that causes um, the PCL and, and ACL uh, tears. So the, the where they're uh, situated on the bone on uh, patellar, uh, excuse me, on um, on uh, both tibial uh, plateau and the femoral aspect, there can be avulsion fractures of bone. So a bunch of different indications for imaging and immobilization acutely. And then um, <clears throat> in terms of management, uh, definitely uh, is, is going to be an orthopedics referral. It's different if it's, a, a, you know, a, a tiny... Uh, elderly person who likely wouldn't tolerate a surgery anyway. Anyway, but for your younger person, uh, definitive treatment is still um, surgical. For partial tears, uh, especially in like non-athletes, the there's some wiggle room, um, and it's it's still going to be an orthopedic assessment. Uh, but that's to say that not every partial tear requires surgery, especially minor partial tears sometimes heal on their own. Um, so that's, that's reasonable. And the, like these, these people may be going under the knife 
for, for surgical uh, solutions. And if not, um, uh, orthopedics is, is going to have to weigh in regardless. Right. I would say the only thing to add to that case uh, with the physical presentation, as uh, Dr. C explained, you would expect some effusion, whether it's ACL or PCL, um, which is most likely due to uh, hemarthrosis. Very uh, commonly, again, on the on the question stems, um, the anterior drawer tests. So positive uh, anterior drawer uh, will yeah. basically the, sh the shin, uh, you will be able to pull it out further um, uh, than normal by pulling on it. Which is the ACL specific. The ACL specifically, <laughs> exactly. And same with the, uh, the lacman. The lacman will also be positive. Um, mm -hmm. and with the PCL, you'll be able to kind of push the shin further back. So that's a positive posterior drawer test. Um, and you know, with any ACL, PCL injuries, and depending on the mechanism, you will want to, um, examine for the, uh, LCL, MCL, uh, injuries as well as, and, uh, meniscal injuries, which, um, we can get into a bit later. Okay, so that I think that was a good sort of summary of of probably what's the most common commonly tested uh, knee injury. Um, so so that's excellent. So hopefully we're prepared for exam from that perspective. Practically speaking, a few uh, other entities uh, to review. You just had mentioned meniscal tear, very very common uh, soft tissue issue. Uh, we'll have a dedicated uh, discussion of, of osteoarthritis, so I don't think we should uh, spend too much time on that uh, today. But let's continue with meniscal tear for a moment here. Um, so meniscal tear, very, very common, often associated, again, with these twisting-type injuries, traumatic uh, injuries. Um, the the um, uh, If there is an underlying ACL tear, uh, frequently, uh, there will be a, a comorbid uh, meniscal tear, so just bear that in mind. Uh, and, and other um, sort of harbingers uh, or predictor of meniscal tear include Baker's cyst, which is a, a swelling that we'll talk about a little bit further. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, clinical features, the patients will come in usually subacutely again, like this, they, they won't often present right away. Uh, but with this, with chronic swelling, a classic um, present, uh, presenting feature, especially for exam purposes, is locking. So any sort of locking uh, with range of motion or catching sensation, because of, of where the menisci are situated as sort of uh, little cushions, uh, cartilaginous cushions within the knee joint on the tibial plateau, they can interfere with the articulation mechanism and therefore lead to catching or locking. So if that if that feature is mentioned on a stem, definitely think about uh, meniscal tear. Comments around uh, physical exam and perhaps some sensitive physical or specific physical exam findings. So the one I'm thinking of in, in particular is uh, the Apley's uh, maneuver, A-P-L-E-Y. So for Apley, you essentially get the patient to do a uh, so-called shotgun uh, squat. <laughs> so they have to be physically uh, capable. And that is to weight bear on an affected leg. And in, in doing so, uh, uh, try to rotate their hips, uh, and therefore uh, transmitting rotational uh, forces to knee. If there is if there's a, uh, a meniscal tear present, this will reproduce their symptoms. 
Uh, and it tends to be either lateral or medial knee uh, or lateral or medial meniscus that's uh, affected. McMurray's is the other um, sensitive test. I, it's a little bit too involved to uh, describe, but you can Google it. Uh, McMurray's is M-C-M-U-R-R-A-Y. And that brings the knee through the range of motion. <clears throat> and you basically squeeze the affected meniscus to reproduce pain. So those are the two um, more sensitive in specific physical exams. But of course, uh, definitive diagnosis is with MRI. Yeah. So <clears throat> speaking of MRIs, you know, I, I just wanted to emphasize the how common meniscal tears are. Uh, there was a New England Journal of Medicine uh, study uh, from back in 2008. Up to 50% of uh, adults that are uh, age 60 and over have incidental uh, meniscal tear wow. findings on MRI. So, wow. you know, it, it, I, I really feel like meniscal tears are a bit of a gray area in knee pain where, uh, you know, you can certainly expect with uh, older age that it might, a tear might happen with only mild trauma. And it's, and then uh, half, it looks like half the people that, that are elderly at least might have it. So how much is that contributing to their chronic pain versus their osteoarthritis versus a recent fall? It, it is a bit tricky um, mm -hmm. to, to kind of disassemble that. Yeah, very, very important point. And, and beyond the scope of the, the podcast, but formerly they, they used to do um, arthroscopic surgery on everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah we're going to go in. It was like going to your barber, you know, once every few months to get your, your meniscus trimmed. Uh, and of course, that um, was evaluated with, with some randomized study, which is admirable that people would go under uh, sham arthroscopic surgery. But anyway, the, the, this trimming procedure was found to be basically useless as is the case, unfortunately, in, in not a, not a, uh, 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 not a low number of, of, uh, orthopedic procedures. The, the evidence is there's a paucity of evidence, uh, for arthroscopy specifically. So usually <clears throat> from a management perspective, you, if there's a huge tear, greater than one centimeter tear, or a root tear that is a, a complete tear, um, uh, they they may benefit from more definitive surgical management. But if it's less than a centimeter, oftentimes uh, more conservative management, you know, um, physiotherapy or uh, tear-directed physiotherapy, activity modification, perhaps a soft brace, um, and pain management analgesia is uh, is sufficient. So very interesting and <clears throat> it, uh, probably, you know, still an active field of research. And certainly there'll be discrepancies in where in how different orthopedic surgeons manage this. But be be skeptical. Uh, they do, there is uh, arthroscopy with simple things like suturing. Other orthopedic surgeons will be like, yeah, we're going to do a meniscectomy and just see what happens. And they, you know, tear out the meniscus. Yeah, well, who, who knows what happens 10, 10 years after that. But active field of study. Good. So that was sort of meniscal tears. Um, in terms of red flag, though, just to reiterate, uh, uh, any sort of locking or catching with range of motion uh, or these large, you know, greater than one centimeter uh, tears require orthopedic assessment. Okay. Right on. I mean, there's there's a few that that we see um, <clears throat> recurrently, and we'll we'll try to be sort of brief in our 
our discussion of this just in terms of limitation. No popliteal cysts or Baker cysts. Very, very common. Present with a big swelling behind the knee. Uh, tends to uh, be benign and self-limited. Um, will intermittently pop. Uh, nothing is normally required if there's um, mechanical complications, sometimes an ultrasound-guided uh, aspiration, or in some cases, uh, injection of a sclerotic agent can be uh, useful. And just remember your differential like a, a DVT. So that's Baker cyst. <coughs> any, uh, you guys jump in if, if you have any comments. The other one that I see very commonly is uh, Pez anserin bursitis, and it's useful because you can distinguish it um, from other causes of of knee pain. So it tends to be uh, medial uh, knee pain, um, and it tends to affect uh, uh, upper tibia as well. So um, distal to the the knee joint proper, and that's how you uh, distinguish it from other causes of of knee pathology. So it tends to be below the knee slightly. Uh, sometimes associated with a valgus deformity. Anyway, the, it's important because if you you may get normal MRIs, and this this will often be in a, an athlete or a more athletic person as well. Normal MRIs, normal imaging, poorly responsive to physiotherapy. You definitely think about pes anserine bursitis, and it's related to quadriceps uh, muscle insertion. Often responds to some topical anti-inflammatory as well as physiotherapy, and rarely a little bit of uh, targeted steroid. So distal distal to joint line in the medial aspect of the knee. Think about pes anserine bursitis. Um, what about um, iliotibial band syndrome or IT band syndrome? Dr. Z, certainly you suffer. And most of your bands uh, in your banjo strings are affected. Have you suffered? Is, is your IT band uh, currently inflamed? Yeah, well, I tried to roll it the other day. And, uh, it, it was, I just, I had to stop because it was just excruciating pain. It was very, I, yeah, I've, I, I've, I've muscled knots all the way down my IT band. Oh, goodness. My IT band. Yeah. goodness. Now you have a poor pain tolerance. Um, uh, very, very low, very, very low pain tolerance. But that said, um, that highlights, highlights, uh, how this can make a lot of people suffer especially those with underlying fibromyalgia uh, and low testosterone. Um, so the, the IT band syndrome um, is, is related to uh, friction of that IT band. Uh, it tends to be over the lateral uh, femoral epicondyle. So that causes, uh, and excuse me for throat clearing consistently here, but anyhow, that will cause a lot of pain. Very common cause of lateral knee pain, so to distinguish it from uh, the pes anserine medial. So this causes lateral knee pain and is very common in runners, cyclists. Uh, more common in, in people, uh, at least in my opinion, this is a little anecdotal, who are just starting uh, higher level activities. I, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I don't tend to see it in, in like athletes. Uh, this tends to be in sort of the less physically fit people. No, no offense, Dr. C, but it's just the case. So uh, th this is very, very, very common. It tends to be a sharp burning pain. Uh, and on, and again, contrasting this, hopefully this is a useful contrast for you guys with pes anserine bursitis. This one is lateral, 
superior to the joint line, okay, because it's the formal, uh, femoral epicondyle. Uh, Pes answering is below, okay, or inferior to the joint line and medial. And it's usually worsened with, with activity and relieved by, by rest. And like uh, Dr. C pointed out, they can be tender all the way along the IT band. So, you know, from that uh, uh, interior um, iliac crest all the way down uh, to, the, the, uh, to the knee. And some folks will, like you point out, roll it out, which can be useful. This does, again, respond to steroid. As most of these presentations do respond to steroid injection, do your research before you go incorporate that into your practice. There are there have been lawsuits around stuff like that. Basically, if it's a frail elderly person, you're good to go because you can't really hurt them. But if it's an athlete or someone who uh, you think could be litigious, refer them to a sports medicine specialist because in the event that they have a tendon rupture, even though the data uh, really don't support steroid as a causative uh, etiology, if they have a tendon rupture or something like that, secondary, after you inject them with steroid, you can run into a lot of trouble. So just be aware of that. Okay. Yeah. So again, physiotherapy, very, very rarely would there be any sort of surgical uh, indication here. And uh, the details of physiotherapy are, are, again, really beyond the scope of of this podcast and probably beyond the scope of your practice. No one to refer to the specialist. A lot of these uh, soft tissue issues are from a from a physician perspective or diagnostic. For your kiddos, I'll I'll finish with just a couple of again really common ones. For your kiddos, remember Osgood Schlatter's very very common. Tends to be um, a uh, an avulsion uh, change over the <clears throat> the uh, tibial tuberosity there, so just uh, inferior to the knee joint. I think we all can recognize that it's it's sort of a uh, pathognomonic swelling over that tibial tuberosity, especially in young kiddos. And it tends to improve spontaneously, tends not require any <clears throat> definitive therapy. Some kiddos benefit from bracing. Patellar tendonitis, very, very, very common. Um, used, it tends to be <laughs> aptly, aptly named. Uh, so pain with extension of the knee over that patella. Uh, they will be most tender or maximally tender at the patellar pole, or tends to be a little bit below the patellar. Um, and it's usually a, a clinical diagnosis, but you can do things like MRI. And it's, it tends to be activity modification. There are some, there's some banding that you see, and then soft splinting as well. It can be helpful, uh, but referring, referring to physiotherapy. So I think that was a really good overview of knee pain. We started with the highest yield and most examined uh, presentation, which is ACL, PCL tear. And um, uh, I think for the purposes of exam, we've reviewed uh, w most of what you're going to encounter. And, oh, yeah. and again, from a physician perspective, this is usually more diagnostic uh, from a, a general practitioner perspective, more diagnostic than anything. When in doubt, refer to your, to your orthopedic colleagues, but don't be surprised if they poke holes in the knee without really doing anything. Um, and then just, you know, usually it's telling the patient you're going to be, you're going to need to be patient with physiotherapy, consider a bit of a soft, uh, brace, uh, ster uh, steroids as needed, make sure you know what you're doing. Um, and then topical analgesics like 
um, like Voltaren gel can be very useful. And, and, and I'll highlight this point, oral NSAID, oral Ketorolac, uh, excuse me, um, uh, oral Voltaren or diclofenac has a similar effectiveness to a topical diclofenac. So make good use of that Voltaren gel. Yeah, especially with uh, how many elderly folks that are going to be coming in with knee pain like this, uh, you can't have them on, you know, high dose uh, NSAIDs uh, for long term. Uh, that's just going to poke holes in their stomach. Yeah, we'll talk about osteoarthritis yeah. uh, at a, in a different at a different time. Um, but um, with all decreasing the load on the knee, that is weight loss is going to be helpful in all of these settings. Any anything to add, uh, Doctor C? In closing, um, do do we, at this time do we want to make do do we want to appeal to listeners um, to potentially donate uh, banjo string in the event of a future ACL tear? Yeah, that uh, well, I, I, I'm thinking. I actually think I I, I tore it again, like I, since then. So uh, I'm I'm looking for for uh, banjo string donors right now, actually. Okay, so with that in mind, um, for the more um, the more um, generously inclined or char- charitable of heart, I want I want to direct you toward our email here, which is uh, elite medical school at gmail dot com. So, in in the event that you have any questions, comments, um, uh, or uh, think that you uh, may be a, a match donor. Uh, for your banjo string for uh, for Dr. C, please uh, feel free to submit uh, uh, your email to EliteMedicalSchool at gmail.com. Yeah, and follow us on Twitter as well. Just Google Elite Medical School, but our at is uh, Elite Medical SC1, which is uh, sounds it rolls right off the tongue. Excellent. Well, well done, guys. A, a bit of a uh, a bit of a heavy uh, a bit of a heavy topic, but I, I, again, I, th- I think that this was really high yield from that perspective. 